Hi everyone, this is Shipra and you're listening to The Modern Indian. I have a very special guest with me today and she is a fabulous um, professional contemporary fine artist. She is also a muralist, a painter, and just all around a wonderful human being. Um, she has a great story and an, a, a really inspiration for women everywhere. So I, I am so happy that Jenny Vyaz is on my episode. Hi, Jenny. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. Just super excited. Uh, she's You're based out of Chicago, right? Correct. Nice. I've been following you for a while uh, through Instagram, social media, and uh, I mean, your work is is just breathtaking um and oh so god, I, I oh my god yes and there were so many of your paintings I was like oh my god I should totally buy this one <laughs> <laughs> um they're just they're just so inspirational I'm sure there's a story behind every piece that you do but we'll get to that later um I guess I just want to start with uh, with you tell me about yourself where were you born um you're your South Asian of course so were you born in the U.S. tell me a little bit about yourself no, um, I was actually born in India. I spent half my life there. I moved here when I was 19. Um, and uh, so right out of high school and moved straight to Chicago. I've been here since. Um, I am all Indian. <laughs> I'm Gujarati wow. for, the, for my fellow Macy's. Um, nice. And I speak, yeah, I do speak Gujarati and Hindi pretty fluently. I can read both languages as well. Um, and so it's been kind of amazing to have like, my life split into different cultures and be able to retain like the good parts of everything and then create like a fusion of it in my personal life. That's really where my journey started. I was always very um, progressive in thinking and coming here, the transition was pretty fluid for me. Um, right. And I think that's kind of like a quick background. So, so when you moved to Chicago, I assume that you did your uh, further your education over here. Is that correct? Is that right? Correct. I went to school here. I went to UIC in Chicago. I studied graphic design. And Ooh. right out of college, <laughs> I know, um, right out of college, I knew I didn't want to just do design because at the time, I mean, I didn't know I was going to paint ever in life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really went into business. I went to e into e-commerce. And I worked in that space for about almost 12 years before I started painting. Really? Wow, that yeah. must be interesting. How was how was it like being in the university here? Because I also grew up in India. So when you move from in India to to US, uh, it's always a, there's always a lot of adjustment to be done culturally and otherwise. And so how was it like in the university, that sort of environment? Honestly, I mean, I feel like some parts of my identity got lost a little bit in that, you know, translation. However, most of it was pretty fluid for me. I had been in touch with my cousins who lived here for a long time. I grew up like watching a lot of American television. Like I used to watch Bold and the Beautiful, which is so sad. Oh um, my God, yes. <laughs> on Saturday mornings were cartoons just like the kids here. So for right. me, the transition was pretty fluid when I moved here. I just didn't even, um, I think where the loss of my identity happened was in the the dating space because I just didn't know who I was for a minute and I kind of dove into that you know journey and dated like we all do the wrong guys yeah. in my 20s I mean I'm really I mean all great life stories start with love right and that's oh really my god yes <laughs> so I think um, I think that this would be a great place to know what how was it how was dating in in being in US and um, oh and then yeah tell me what inspired to become an artist I believe there's a story there too yeah I mean so like I always tell my friends now and people I talk to that there should really be a class 
for dating 101 in college. Like they should really teach you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not taught emotional risk, just like you're not taught how to do your taxes when you graduate. Huh. They don't teach I you how to you. manage emotional risk in relationships. And yeah. the reality is where your parents leave off, your spouse picks up. And you just have yeah. no idea what your wounds are, your childhood wounds. And before you know it, you're expecting your partner to heal you. And a lot of that happened with me that I had some wounds that I was like, just like most people, I was trying to yeah. heal. And then once I started recognizing those, that is really when I think my journey in, as an artist started. And that, I mean, you know, fast forward 10 years from then, 15 years from then, and I was engaged seven years ago to someone. And I really didn't expect that relationship to fall apart. Um, in hindsight, in hindsight, you know, there are issues, but like while you're in it, while you're swimming in the waters, you just really have no idea how deep they are. And uh, I, when that fell apart, it literally fell apart overnight for me. That wow. breakup was kind of like the wake up call in this pattern I had repeated of dating the kind of people I had dated. And I just kind of wanted answers for the first time for myself and for him to forgive him because in the end, forgiving him meant freedom for me, emotional freedom. And right. so when that happened, it was just such a beautiful place like that. Those six months of excruciatingly painful growth is where I couldn't stop thinking about painting. And it was such a bizarre feeling and it was terrifying. I'm not going to lie. It was utterly terrifying. I'd never painted before. And this is about seven years ago. So, and then I started dabbling in that space. And about a year later, six years now, I've been an artist and it was really amazing to just find this gift inside of me and it's you know like the whole Khalil Gibran quote where it comes from you but not through you it belongs not to you and so it's a gift that kind of came to me and it felt like something kind of outside of this world and it was just like waiting to unleash out of me and it was it was like an out-of-body experience that's incredible I can't believe you haven't painted before though I mean I look at your work <laughs> now it looks like you've been doing this since you were born it's uh it's incredible that you haven't done it like you didn't know about this before the uh the engagement uh or the relationship. Yeah, it's so interesting because right before the breakup happened, I had started thinking about sketching and painting again. I could always sketch, don't get me wrong. I could look at a cartoon and draw it for kids all the time. Um, and so that was natural for me, but I just had never even like picked up a paintbrush except for one class in college where I had to study color theory uh, as part of graphic design. Um, and never really, you know, painted a canvas, but I mean, one of my favorite books is, um, The Alchemist and in there it talks about discovering your personal legend. And I right. think there are signs in the universe that really kind of guide you into your calling. And for me, I think this calling had happened multiple times in the past. I just had never recognized those signs. And finally, when I did, and I started dabbling in it. It was incredible. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm not going to lie. The first six months were horrible. Everything I painted was terrible. Knew I had to do it. I just had to do it. I just kept thinking, like, one day I know I'm going to be able to create what I am thinking in my head or feeling in my heart or feeling in my, you know, veins. Um, but first six months were brutal. It was, like, excruciating, painful, excruciatingly painful to test something and then look at it and go, wow, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> that it's, And I can imagine that. I think the only 
way you can be successful at any kind of artistic or creative field is if you're passionate about what you're doing. So uh, clearly you were so passionate about this that now it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's become, it's at a level where it is. It's um, that's really amazing. I want to ask you a question. I saw a lot of your paintings and most of them, the the ones that I liked and I was like, Oh, this print is great. It would look great. You know, if you have a print of it, I'll, I'll, I would love to buy one. Um, They were all very female, centric are they all female centric Mm -hmm. is that where your inspiration comes from or is it something you just think about something and it just comes out that way it's very like female empowering or women empowering uh pieces so and i just recently actually somebody somebody asked me a question if my work is about feminism and it really isn't some of the most strongest um figures in my life are male you know, like my grandpa was a freedom fighter in the war against the British in India. Wow. Um, my dad is a philosopher. My brother is probably the wisest person I know. And so for me, I am very influenced by the male models in my life, role models. And so it's just really interesting that I gravitate towards the female form. Um, mm-hmm. It's honestly, there's really no crazy thought behind it. It's just something I gravitate towards. And I feel very, very authentic when I do it. Being a right. female myself, of course, it's natural for me to paint that figure. I have right. painted a few males, and there was one piece that I painted in 2016 for my first show. It was uh-huh. a very powerful piece. And that really, that first show was about really kind of unpacking the pain in a relationship and how really? in today's day and age where we're not praying anymore, we don't have this like, you know, like this this faith in something beyond us, like our parents generation did and so what's happening in and this is from Anna D. Botton's book it's called Essays in Love it's such a beautiful book uh-huh. um, by the way I'm going to be quoting a lot of books <laughs> you should start like writing them down as you're saying I'm like oh, right. let's put that and down put them in the footnotes because these are incredible books and right. they literally change the landscape of my thinking and that book Essays in Love really kind of unpacks this relationship for two years and it talks about how wounds like childhood wounds really are you know how we when we date it's a reflection of who we are right we date a higher version of yourself and so that show was about that that it's not really the person we're dating we're we're dating a version of that person we think they are right? right and so and when that happens we're essentially turning them into saviors and like essentially turning them into god and nobody, like, no relationship can bear the burden of godhood, right? That's and true. So it's, it's a recipe for disaster. And so that painting was really powerful. It was good with a guy. And so I am going to be actually painting more men this year. So, so <laughs> no, no, no. I think I'm ready. I think the last, I think five years have been about catharsis for me and being a female. It's just for me. It was like all of this emotion that was like, I just needed to unleash. Right, and it was like this onslaught of emotions that I just couldn't couldn't hold in anymore. And so five years have been about that, and twenty twenty I feel like is going to be a little bit different, and ah. my work is evolving into something new. It is evolving, actually. Even if you look at your work starting from where you started, and then all the way to the ones that the murals that you're doing now, um, they, it look you can see the evolution. And I'm not a I, I'm not a like I'm not a that mm-hmm. qualified to kind of talk about it but I know what when I see it I'm like oh you used to do these things and look at what you're doing now um one thing I noticed is that you have so much more color in your murals which are so uh vibrant and and 
and and and so they have this own uh, personality. And then you look at your the the black. Oh, the the one that I really liked was I I know it's called uh, was it Narcosis or something like that. It was yeah. was yeah. it that? Did I say it right? Is that the one? Yes, it's narcosis. Narcosis. That painting was so beautiful, and it 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 has like, and it's all black and white, but it's just really vibrant. Anyway, so I'm just saying that, of course, as an artist, I can imagine that you are uh, kind of evolving as your paintings are <laughs> evolving as well. But um, but yeah, it's good to know that you're going to try out now different things and maybe get some some uh, male inspiration. I personally think feminism is is uh, you know it's so mishandled. Uh, sometimes they, they don't get so I think being a feminist is also very important that you have strong male characters in your in your in yeah. your, on your side. Um, people yeah. who support you and people who you are friends with or your family and I think strong male characters really shape up your your future in a way how you think. So feminism has a lot to do and with I think that. I, yeah and I think I, I admire the ability that men have versus females have. We bring tenacity, we bring emotional capacity like they cannot, and their strengths are compartmentalization. Like that's one thing I admire so much about my dad and my brother. They can compartmentalize emotions so beautifully, and they can rationalize, you know, and get to us get to solution mode. And there's there's like a motto in our family. We we say we're solution people, and so <laughs> it's just it's just like really wonderful to be able to kind of take that lesson with me and apply that in life. And I think that's one of the reasons I've been able to really take this risk with this career because I just, I will tell you this, I had no plan B. I think that's the reason I became an artist because if you have plan B, I don't think you'll put everything in your planet. And so I had no plan B. I just went all in. I'm blessed and lucky that my family allowed me the space and, you know, like the, the even financial freedom to let me do this. I would not have been able to do this without their support. Well, I guess that was my next question, that how yeah. are, how supportive are your parents and your family in your decisions of not just your personal story, but also your the, the your career path and, and the changes you've mm-hmm. made? Uh, how are they in this path for you? Um, <laughs> we're Indians. And like for non-Indians who are listening, I think it's really, it's an interesting culture. We come from a generation that believes in, you know, that the success and safety for them is marriage and a full-time job with, you know, insurance, (laughs) 401k. 401k. And I had all of that. Um, I've had big jobs. My last big job was um, heading e-commerce at Oprah's uh, store. Like we had a store, yeah, at Harpo and I was um, the e-commerce manager there. And when that ended, when the show ended, we shut shop here. And I was just burnt out from the corporate world and I just needed a break. And after turning down three or four big jobs, I had to tell my parents that I just, I'm not, I'm wasting people's time at these interviews. I'm not ready for this. I'm going to have to try to find something else. And so I, fortunately, she gave us a sabbatical. She was incredible. Wow. (laughs) Fully paid sabbatical with insurance. So I was able to take some time off for the first time and really um, think about what I wanted to do. And I went into the startup industry. And while I learned how to, you know, run a company or like raise money and all of those things uh, through, you know, my bosses, it just wasn't for me. Building somebody, somebody else's dream was, it was very evident to me that it's time to build my own dream. And so I went independent and started um, doing digital marketing for people for clients across Chicago, I had a lot of friends in the restaurant yeah. industry. And so that was kind of a natural, you know, segue into it. And I think that gave my parents that little bit of 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit of like security that security. I was actually not just, you know, I had money coming in. They yeah. were always nervous that if I lost a client, they would be sitting there with me like, oh my God, what are you going to do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, when I started painting, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, it, it just, they, it wasn't easy for them because it's not something culturally we are okay with. No one really, it, it's considered a hobby and it's not just them. Trust me. Even today I get, I go to events and stuff and people think I do this for a hobby. Wow. Um, and yeah. And they, and they ask me, I mean, one of the questions I get asked, one of the most common questions I get asked is, so what else do you do? <laughs> I'm like, this, is it. this is my job. And so that's that's that was the norm here in my family as well however after I started really like when my dad came to my first show he really understood the the impact my work was making because it wasn't just about art it was really about making a difference in people's lives people really there's a huge philosophical component tied to my work and I unpack a lot of like life learnings in it and I talk about some deeper, deeper, darker, uncomfortable things that really inspire people to explore, you know, that get out of their comfort zone. And I think for my dad and mom to see that, it kind of shifted things for them. That And they started believing in, you know, right. my journey. And it wasn't easy. I'm not going to lie. I had to, there were like nights I had to sit down and talk to them about it. So really? my advice, yeah, my advice to Indian women or women in general who want to, or men, if you are want to lead a creative journey and creative path and people aren't supporting you, it's your job to help them understand that it's your passion and you're not going to give up because at the end of the day, you are the one who's doing it. And the day you give up, it's over. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree to an extent. Uh, I don't think it's for, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and try to convince everybody, but at least the people who I know genuinely care about me, like my parents. Yeah, and yeah. My I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to convince the world. <laughs> the world doesn't matter. I, I'm talking about your immediate circle, right? Like uh-huh. the, the, your, what do you call it? Like the, 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 the circle of heart, right? Oh, yeah. Your parents, your siblings, people that matter to you, your children, yeah. like help them understand your passions because trust me. They want you to be happy and they won't get it. Yeah, totally. And and you're right. Like it's uh it's 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 so unfortunate. I I have had this experience too that I would go in and because I'm in, in the Bay Area, the first question I get is, Oh, you which company are you working for? And they automatically assume it's either going to be Google or Man, uh, Man, you know, micro or uh, uh, Facebook or LinkedIn or one of those. Because living in the Bay Area, they just assume you are in tech. And that's, and I have to say, no, I'm not in tech. And he's like, really? And so how's that going? I'm like, okay, then. And I have to explain to them what I do. And when I do that, yeah. they just give me that. Like, oh, so basically you're just, you, you don't really work. It's just something you do on the side. And I'm like, no, it's, that's not how it goes. So it's, it's, you're right. It's so difficult to, ex- to explain to a South Asian uh, community. And I that- pick your battles, right? And you pick your battles. And the and ones you who do. get it, get it. The ones who don't, you move on. Yeah. And then I just like walk away. But yeah, definitely it's something yeah. that uh, that it, it's it's in our culture. It's kind of inculcated yeah. it in us. Very, it is very pervasive. That whole idea and mentality that if you're not working for a company or, you know, if you don't have a job, you're not doing it right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also that they, they think that business is so risky and we are generally a very risk averse people. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to actually, you know what? I shouldn't. 
thing, right? Like we're hardworking, but we're risk averse people. It's like the craziest thing. It is. And and but I, I have to say, I have met a lot of South Asian people, wonderful people who have done amazing things in business in, oh, in yeah. their own stuff. Um, but uh, especially when I started uh, doing these podcasts, I started, you know, getting to know more people who are doing fantastic things such as yourself and it's so uh it 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 brings me a lot of joy when i talk to them because it's great because they're like no 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 we're not going to be an engineer or a doctor or a tech uh, you know a a software you know guru we're gonna do something different this is what we are you know we love and that's what i've been teaching like my kids as well and because um you know for for me now just to pass what my experience is now teaching my kids that you know you are two different people you like this thing you like this other thing go for that and see where it leads you because i remember growing up and not having that so i want to make sure that when my kids are growing up they have this option that they can pick something that they are truly passionate about and then see where it goes so you're right. Yeah, agree. Um, so tell me about your art now. Let's let's talk more about that. I mean, I you're, you're obviously uh, you you have prints and you do art uh, that way, but you also are a muralist, I hear. And I saw a couple of your work at some restaurants. I know Rue uh, Chicago has your mural. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so tell um, me more about it. Um, <laughs> um, I traditionally started painting on uh, paper. I did a hundred day project. Um, where I dissected and on, like basically I explored vulnerability from a emotional standpoint. Um, because one of the things that I had learned in my relationship that fell apart was that we hadn't created a vulnerable space in the in the relationship where we we felt safe, emotionally safe, and that's so incredibly critical for our, our relationship to last. Because if you are not emotionally, you know, open and comfortable with your partner, I think that's just it's just never going to work because that trust is everything that I think one of the greatest pillars of a relationship binds it together. Absolutely. And and I learned during that breakup and a little bit of therapy, think I love my therapist um, and learned that that was my kryptonite. And I decided, Oh, Hey, for a hundred days. So there's a project on Instagram that comes around on April 3rd, I believe. Uh-huh. It's called the 100 Day Project. That's the hashtag, the 100 Day Project. Uh-huh. And uh, I had been following it for a couple of years and I didn't even know what I was going to do for it. But at that time, I decided, why don't I unpack vulnerability, what it means to me, and really kind of go to that point. And it was terrifying because I was talking about some very deep things. And the way I chose somewhat of a safer, comfortable space was I read a lot. So I save a lot of quotes from you know writers and authors and so I started tying in these quotes that work with my paintings that inspired the paintings huh. and by about day 22 I'd say you know they say 21 days for a new habit I'm not kidding by day 22 I found my new normal that is really when I started putting making the stage the audience just me like you know audience of one Danny Shapiro talks about it in her book. It's called Still Writing. She's an author. And she talks about how there's a chapter called An Audience of One. And so if you ever want to go into the creative field, you want to write something or paint something, find one person and keep them in mind. Because if you keep the world in mind, you will never get to your destination. And so I decided the audience for this project was going to be myself and really what it meant to me. And it was wonderful because 
it created a stage for people to insert their stories in it, which is really kind of became the thesis for my work. To, to, up until today, that's one of the greatest things about my work, where people will send me so many messages, private messages, because it's such vulnerable work that they don't feel comfortable talking about it openly on stage, per se, in, in the comments on my posts. Mm-hmm. They'll private message me and they'll just share these like deep stories with me. And it's incredibly humbling. And so beautiful to be able to kind of give people that stage and that like path to that catharsis, which is what this, you know, this project did for me in 2015. Wow, that's amazing. that's where I started. And yeah, and that was, I mean, and so like, basically my goal with my art is to really capture the polarity between darkness and light, that uncomfortable space in between where growth happens, which is incredibly ugly, incredibly painful, but oh my God, so cathartic. Right. right. Normally, we don't. We're not used to talking about that space. We talk about pain in a very like past tense sense, right? Like we don't talk about being in that space. We talk about, oh my God, I grieved it, I mourned it, but I'm here today. I've grown. Yeah. And I didn't want to be that. I wanted to talk about that journey because, man, it's if you're not gonna. There's no way. I always say, you know, there's no way around it. The only way is through it, right? And that through its space is really what I talk about. And so it's been wonderful to be able to kind of start from there and then the murals happened because I got invited to start painting murals and when you talk about color I'm not very comfortable painting in color it's what my clients love really go back and forth oh yeah there's a lot of talk of war between the clients and I and I'm (laughs) very very yeah and then we come to a compromise (laughs) if it was up to my clients it would be a lot more colorful and I always come back I always have to come back and say there's this darkness that I will never compromise on that will always be part of my work even if we add this vibrancy it's because my work is about this deeper emotion and I will not compromise on that so it's been it's been wonderful to kind of and I think because of that my work has evolved because I allowed people to kind of let me open up you know what I mean like loosen up my body a little bit and I think that's really why I'm here where I am today and I think that is why I even am going you know, into a whole new space or as far as conversation goes in my work in 2020, it's funny that you mentioned narcosis. That's actually the style I'm going to be exploring a lot. Really? Interesting. Yes. And that was literally, that was my first painting this year, testing that style. Uh And it sold that week. It literally sold that week. Okay. So there is, there is, you know what I mean? There is some audience that's going to be able to consume this kind of content and this kind of work that I create. So that's really where I'm heading. It is a lot more relative than you think. I mean, I think uh, like you, you can relate to certain pieces uh, quite oh, well. And, and again, as I said, I don't know much about art. I'm not an artist myself, obviously, so I can't tell. But, you know, sometimes you have that sixth thing. You look at something and you're like, yeah, you know what? I like it. And why you can't really explain. That was the kind of, relative, you know, that relativity that I was talking about. So I saw some of the people yeah. I'm like, oh, I really like this one. The one that uh, that you have, which is there's an Indian girl in a foreign land. I, I'm not sure what it's called, but that one I really like. It was yeah. black and white. Yeah. And and yeah. that one, I kind of connect quite well with that because I can imagine that, you know, you're you're Indian, you have a different culture. Oh, the one you, with the girl holding yes. you know, a globe? Uh, yeah. no, no, it's 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 a it's a skyline of a city and then there's a girl. Oh, Roots. It's called Roots. And yes, that's Roots. one. Yeah, and, and, about, yeah, it is the fusion of Western and Indian culture. Exactly. And that one I really like because I, I related 
quite well with that. I could, you know, relate myself. I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. this kind of speaks to me. And so I think art is one of those things that, you know, either it speaks to you or it doesn't. Oh, it's 100% relative. <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. And I think, I think, I, I think that's the greatest compliment anyone can give me um, that they can insert their story in it because that's really what art should be about to me at least. Exactly. In I my work, I, I want it to be, I want it to be not about me because okay, you know yeah yeah of course I completely understand like the 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 direction you're trying to take with your art so I uh, but yeah it, it's wonderful and I mean it's in, impressive how it's like because I, I again I don't I'm not familiar with the business side of things like how it works yeah but uh it's I, I can imagine because I, I hear your name everywhere so I can I met a couple of people who know who knew you from Chicago so I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> like everybody knows you and that they had such wonderful things to say about you so yeah I was like okay well I have to talk to her and and because I obviously uh, love what you do so tell me about the business side of things how are uh, are people like do you have do you go to galleries are people uh, buying your art from your website Um, how are the business side of things working out for you um so right now the only place you can buy my art is um if you message me, of course, or you can go to my website, which is my first and last name, JennyVias.com, which is J-E-N-N-Y, V as in Victor, Y-A-S.com. And uh, I have some prints and paintings there. I don't have a lot in my inventory as far as original paintings go, because not much stays in the inventory, which is the goal for 2020 to be able to paint more do right. create more studio work spend right. more time in the studio uh-huh. um i do end up painting a lot my murals are pretty large scale so it does consume a lot of my time but of course. This 2020 i want to balance the two out because i want to be able to create work from the studio that that is where i get the utmost joy right um and uh, that's somewhere you can buy my art the other places of course instagram and facebook are the best places to follow me because I'm a, I'm very, very open as far as my journey goes on there. Right. And uh, I talk about a lot of deeper things in there. And I always share some of the new work that I'm working on, which may not be on my site. Ah. That will be there. Right. As far as galleries go, I haven't really presented at galleries yet. I've done solo shows, small ones. Uh-huh. Uh, but 2020, that's another goal. I want to get gallery res- representation for the first time. Um, and really just do things right for, for now, you know, moving forward. So if you guys want to buy work, go for right now because prices are going to go up next year. Oh, and, uh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the goal, right? Because I've been kind of building up upon up this. I've been working so hard, head down, that for the first time in 2020, I really want to take a step back business-wise and see where, it's, where else it's going to take me. The other area I am dabbling in is clothing. I want to get into T-shirts and like higher end t-shirts and scarves and you know um my big dream is to have a couture line someday someday with scarves on it so i mean a lot of a lot of things and like a lot of irons in the fire right now totally um but but the other thing i'm getting into in 2020 is limited edition prints so everything that you see on my website right now as far as prints go uh-huh. they're reproduction prints I what see. that means is they are a photocopy Okay. versus reproduction prints will be each one could be a little bit different because I could either go in and touch them up or print them differently okay. with different processes. So I think it's that's, that's where I think a lot of fun is going to come into play next year. So essentially, when you buy limited edition prints, mm-hmm. you could be the only one who owns that version of it. Oh, and I haven't been able to offer that yet because I just didn't have the capacity to work with the printer and I actually had a really wonderful meeting today with someone here locally and they have the 60,000 square facility that 
I am so excited to work with. So really? all of these things, yeah, all of these things will come together next year. And then I can start doing some fun things like, hey, come to my show. First 50 people get a scarf. That's what I want to do for people who really can't afford my art, but are such huge fans. Yeah. And I want to be able to create, you know, like, opportunities for them to be able to, to be able to own even a small piece of my work totally i mean i think that the, the clothing line is is fantastic i know that that would be something i'm sure i mean that's for my vanity don't get me wrong <laughs> I, really, I, love, I love fashion and i have this like vision that i like and that's something i will tell you when i was like five years old i used to joke about being a fashion designer oh really it's crazy oh it's good like what you know when you as you're when you're younger and you think about something that just kind of speaks to you Right. I could watch fashion shows during my lunch hour all day long, all day. Really? Oh my God, I'm obsessed. So I'm like, it's time <laughs> I like set it up. Yeah. Capitalism. What's the worst that's going to happen? You learn so much, you apply it to something else. Totally. And then, I mean, I would think that you should go for it regardless. I mean, that's a, if you're well, so passionate about it. it. I'm excited, totally. but I'm going to do it in small, small stages. You know, I'll start with like, scarves first so like and then see like i'll take pre-orders and stuff so i'm just going to test out the market a little bit but that's coming as far as like i'm I'm able to talk to you about it now because i'm actually serious about it i'm actually exploring avenues on how to make this happen and so i'm ready because i've been think i've been talking about this like i've been basically business doing business research research for the last six months but i think i'm almost there you're almost ready well i can't wait because i would love to have a piece of yours uh, in any form (laughs) (laughs) oh that just came out very wrong but you know what i meant but some of them some of them they're they're so fantastic i was actually showing it to uh, to my husband i was like look at this one look at this one he's like you do realize we can't actually have this huge period uh, Muriel in a house anywhere. I'm like, I didn't mean that. I just think it's fantastic. Uh, so, but when are you coming? What about San Francisco? Are you coming to San Francisco anytime soon, or is there are there no, plans? I just did one in New York. I did one in Columbus. Obviously, I am in conversation with some people in North Carolina. Um, I would love to come to San Fran. Uh, I want to actually next expand my um, network to New York and LA and San Fran. Because, because San Fran is a is a right. place for like if you come to Berkeley and Oakland side of the areas, people are mm-hmm. so artist friendly. They love artists. I mean, I spent a month, I spent a week in New York, and I was in love. Really? How quickly people were willing to make things happen. Oh, totally. And as great as Chicago is, it's a small community, so there's not a lot of like crazy opportunity here. People are don't get me wrong, like the help here that I get, it's just beautiful. Yeah. But it's a, it's a it's a space that's riddled with competition. In New York, it was just everyone's so like entrepreneur minded, like their spirit is so entrepreneurial that everybody just wanted to like introduce me to people. Like I have like two two people who are like, oh we'll do a show with you. So it was just really like and I'm like, oh my God, I don't have work to show. <laughs> 2020, that's what I want to do. I want to do like a like a traveling show that I can take around and then, you know. Oh, that'll be yeah. fun. That would be so fun. Mm-hmm. Well, you must mm-hmm. tell me when you are when you start that. And yeah, I would, I would love to know that. This is so fantastic. But so, so there are lots of things coming up. I believe your um, apart from your uh, the, the murals and the art you do, there are there are these other avenues that you're trying out. Is there anything yeah. else you'd like to tell us before we go? Um, I think something that I get a lot is people message me aspiring artists on how to like how did I get here. 
like one piece of advice I can tell them. I mean, I have three pieces of advice. Like the first one I would say is really just commit yourself to doing. If you're embarking upon this journey and it's new, commit yourself to doing it maybe 30 minutes a day. Create a habit. And I can guarantee you by day 20 or day 50, you will have made so much progress because like it's such a misconception that this is a gift like yes it is a gift for me but it is such a misconception that you're just born with talent like no artist likes to be told they're just talented because it takes a lot of hard work it's a skill you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like when I first started I was not like trust me I was not good and it took me so long to really kind of learn how to create like there's this math around anatomy body anatomy you know and so it's just it's not a simple thing so it's a skill that you can actually achieve don't ever go into a new profession thinking that you're just going to get it like it's going to take work right that's one piece of advice the second piece of advice is the whole 30 minutes a day if you don't have to have a dedicated like studio right away for an artist for example or a musician do it in the corner of your house. Find find a corner. My studio was literally the corner of my living room when I first started. Really? Or I was working from Soho House in Chicago. I would paint right there. And that's how they started. They like they would watch me paint like these small little pieces and they were like, Can you teach a class here? I'm like, What are you talking about? I'm not an artist. Wow. And after the fortieth after the thirtieth time they asked me, I'm like, forget it. I'll do it. Maybe you should, and yeah. <laughs> and I did it for, and then I ended up doing it for a year and a half and it was always sold out. And like, you just never know what, what's going to happen. You know what I mean? So just be open to just exploring. Don't get pressured into thinking that this has to be such a, such a detailed thought out process. Uh-huh. And the final piece of advice that I can give you is don't compare yourself to others because trust me, I've, this has taken me six years and six long years. That's a lot of, lot of days. So, and I paint Practically, when I first started, I painted almost every day. So don't compare yourself to them because they were where you are today. Right. (laughs) I so agree with that. So give yourself time because you're going to look back two years from now and say, wow, um, this is how far I've come. Now, I so agree with that. That last bit of advice you gave, that is so true. I I stopped doing that. I did that uh, for some time. And then I'm like, I'm going to drive myself insane if I do this. And so completely stopped it. It's my own path. I'm not on anybody else's path. So um, totally agree with this. I think one of the things that we don't even do is have mentors, you know, reach out to people you admire. People are willing to share insights and give you advice and tips more than you think they are. And I've done that so many times. Whenever someone reaches out to me, I'm happy to share what I've learned. I'm happy to share my contacts. I'm happy to share, you know, the resources I have. You just never know. Like if, so if you're stuck somewhere and you feel like, you know, someone, you know, you love their work and you want to ask questions, feel free to. What's the worst that's going to happen? They may say, hey, I don't have time for this. Yeah, absolutely. And I like for, ever since I have started, I have I've noticed that collaborating is so great because you learn something from everybody you collaborate with. And um, people are really nice. They usually are really willing to collaborate with you. So if you started and you don't know where to go, uh, collaborate with someone who already has and sort of learn a little thing, a thing or two from them and then go from there. So I completely agree that it's uh, it's more of a work with people as opposed to against them. So yeah, I think that's 
kind of it. Thanks for like, this is, this is wonderful. I know. I'm so glad that you were, you know, you're willing to talk about these things. And again, thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking about, you know, your journey and how you came about. Um, for people who are listening, do please go to jennyviaz.com, which is J-E-N-N-Y-V-Y-A-S.com. And I will have the, uh, the links on my, on my uh, Instagram and other social media. Um, and check their, check her workout. It's amazing. It's beautiful. So please go do, do, do that. And Jenny, good luck to you. I know there's a whole bunch of exciting things happening. And so, and when you are in San Fran, do let me know. And uh, I'd love to meet you in person sometime. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to seeing where you end up. Oh, I, <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's very exciting things happening. I have a whole lot of things planned up for next year. So yes, we will be in touch. Oh yeah, next time I come, we'll have to grab a drink. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jenny. This was wonderful. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Modern Indian. If you love our episode and our podcast, please do subscribe to The Modern Indian. And we are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your pods. Thank you. Thank you.